Welcome back, everyone. I'm Sarah Peck, and this is the Startup Pregnant Podcast. Today, we are going to talk about unconventional career paths, pivots in careers, and what happens when you are laid off or unemployed, or you've taken a break from the work world for a while. Today's conversation is between me and two of the women who just finished our year-long Wise Women's Council. It's our year-long program for parents and entrepreneurs. If you listened to last week's episode, we talked to three women in the program about how to navigate your career path when you have kids and what entrepreneurship looks like. On today's episode, we're meeting two more women who have been in this community mastermind all year, and we are hearing their stories. When Bria Starmer was seven months pregnant while working at a startup, she was laid off, and she began her consulting practice and interviewed for jobs well into her third trimester. Between having her first kid and then getting pregnant with her second, she decided to focus on building her own consulting agency to create flexible jobs for working parents. She hired her first person at the end of 2018 and has since grown her company to 50 people. We're also going to hear from Tara Zimmerman, who is a mom to four kids. She had a career in finance before she had kids and tells us that she was surprised that she became a stay-at-home mom, and before she knew it, eight years had passed. She wanted to get back into business, a company that she was running with her husband, and navigating the path back to work while still maintaining responsibilities as a parent to four girls was her next challenge. What I learn over and over again from each of these women is how many of us are figuring it out as we go and doing what we can with what we have, even as the world continues to change around us. Whether you are re-entering the work world after a break, or you're facing a huge amount of uncertainty after a layoff, or you're starting to build a new company from scratch, or maybe you're even creating a new role for yourself within an existing company. The challenges that face us as we level up in leadership while becoming parents are not easy. I'm so thankful to both Tara and Bria for coming on board and sharing their stories today. As many of you know, one of the programs we have at Startup Pregnant is our year-long community for women entrepreneurs and women in business that are navigating this huge period, which is becoming a parent and figuring out work. The Wise Women's Council is a special community place for people to come together, to be vulnerable, to be honest, to be true. Over the last year, we've had 18 women join our program and commit to our twice-monthly calls and our online private community space. It was so beautiful to be a part of these women's lives over the last year, and I will forever hold them in my hearts and think about what they're going through and be a supporter of what they are doing. I know how important community is, and we need community infrastructure to help us build the work that we want to do in the world. I don't believe that we can do it alone. For anyone who is interested in joining us next year in 2020, the early bird applications are now open, and they are open through January 20th, 2020. If you head to startuppregnant.com and you look for the Wise Women's Council, you can see all of the program details, including the guest teachers that we have and the coaching staff that we have and the elements that make the program what it is. Go to the URL startuppregnant.com slash WWC to go straight there. Now let's get into today's episode. Welcome to the Startup Pregnant Podcast, where we talk to creative leaders about what it means to be an entrepreneur and a parent. I'm your host, Sarah K. Peck. Hey everyone, big announcement today. We are now opening our early bird enrollment for the Wise Women's Council. It is our year-long program and community mastermind where women can come together to talk about entrepreneurship, leadership, and parenting, and all of the messiness that happens in between. If you are interested in finding out more about the Wise Women's Council, the program, the coaching, and the guest teachers, check it all out at startuppregnant.com slash WWC. Go over to our website and look for the Wise Women's Council. Early bird applications are open. Regular enrollment happens through early February, and then we kick everything off together in March. It's a nine-month program for women who are navigating business, leadership, and parenting. 
Come join us. This episode is brought to you by Splendid Spoon. They are a meal delivery service that has been really wonderful during my postpartum time after baby number two. As you know, one of the things that can be really hard for new moms is finding enough high quality, good, nutritious, nutrient dense foods to eat when you're super hungry and you have a new baby in your household. Seriously, for me, I put the baby down, I run to the kitchen, I open my fridge, and then I see that everything I bought has to be prepared. And I just, I don't even have time to chop things up, let alone like make it to the bathroom, take a shower, whatever all the things are that have to be done. So then I end up opening my cabinet and on a good day, I'm snacking on seaweed snacks and some salted nuts. But honestly, I grab anything and then it turns out I've eaten like five bags of potato chips that day and nothing else. That's why I was really happy when Splendid Spoon reached out about being a referral partner. They make soups and smoothies that are ready to eat, nutrient-dense, and plant-based. Startup pregnant listeners get $50 off their first delivery when you use the link splendid.to slash startup pregnant. That's splendid.to slash startup pregnant. I will put the link in the show notes so that you can get $50 off of your first week of delivery. Everyone, I'm so excited. Today we have a special episode of the podcast where I get to invite people that I have been hanging out with for the last year onto the show with me to talk about all things motherhood, entrepreneurship, startups, kids, vomit, whatever. We'll talk about it all. <laughs> Today I have Bria Starmer and Tara Zimmerman joining me. So Bria, hi. Hey, good morning. Good morning. And Tara, hi. Hi. So my favorite first question that listeners of the podcast will know, I ask this all the time. I want to ask you what time you woke up this morning and what the first thing you did was. So Bria, tell us, when did you wake up? I woke up this morning at 5.30 to my four-year-old crying because he peed the bed. So (laughs) that was excellent. I got to get him and change him. And then he got to come into our bed and snuggle for a little bit. And I was hoping he would go back to sleep, but we ended up talking about Doug, the elf on the shelf for 45 minutes. (laughs) 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 That's how we started the day. (laughs) Okay. So actually real talk, does he cry loud? Because my three-year-old goes, and I can't quite hear it, but sometimes he sits in his bed and he goes... I have to poop. I have to poop. And I'm like walking through the hallway and I'm like, but like, this is awkward. Like, no, I appreciate that clarity. <laughs> no, you know, he does. He's just like, mom, mom. And for some reason, this kid, I have said like, feel free, get out of bed, buddy. You are empowered, but he will not leave his bed. He is like the biggest rule follower. And so he'll just lay there, <laughs> which is maybe part of the problem. I don't know. I've said like, just go to the bathroom, buddy. It's like four feet. Go ahead. You can do it. (laughs) One day. One day we're going to get there. (laughs) Oh, my God. Oh, my God. And this can, like, derail your whole day because then you're like, I should do the laundry before I leave for work because otherwise it'll be after and then he won't get in bed. And then so what's that like? Totally. Luckily, today was we do pull-ups. So luckily, it was contained. So this was a successful morning. (laughs) Oh, my God. We've got sheets ready and we do the swap out. Oh, we have, like, six pairs of sheets. Yeah. 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 Tara, what time did you wake up this morning? What was the first thing that you did? I get up really early. My I got up at 4.30 to make it to a 5.30 workout class. My husband and I trade off days. Who gets to go when? And the days that you work out means you're not dealing with the kiddos in the morning. So I had the opposite morning today. Although I need to learn to shower at the gym because when I come <laughs> home to do that, I am inevitably, you know, doing ponytails and spreading Nutella and things like that. But Oh, the shower thing is real. Like, because sometimes you work out in the morning, you're like, I'll shower. Or I get up in the morning and it's like, should I shower now knowing that I'm also going to work out later and shower again? And then maybe just take a therapeutic shower? Like third mm-hmm. shower? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Or no Absolutely. shower for like three days. <laughs> <laughs> Ponytail. Ponytail. That's right. <laughs> That's what it is. <laughs> That's right. Oh, I love that. So, and you're an early riser since the beginning of time, I feel like, because yeah. we talked about that. You're a swimmer and... Yeah. So what's the morning like? Do you walk? Do you run? What's your exercise? I actually just went back to my favorite like one hour class. I need someone telling me what to do for an hour. I do love to run and walk and be outside early when it's dark still, but I I won't challenge myself as much as a class will. So I just started going Tuesday, Thursdays back to a class 
which I am very proud to tell everyone that I hit my calorie goal before I got to the office today. So now if I get nothing else accomplished, it's all good. That's amazing. <laughs> those like wins in the morning where you're like, bad but true. One thing. I did one yes. thing right. Yeah. Yes, totally. <laughs> For totally. me, it's we put vitamin D next to the coffee. Oh, smart. Like as a, as a behavioral like habit trick. And I'm like, if I take my vitamin D during the winter yes. at the same time as making my coffee, I've done it. <laughs> Love it. Love it. Okay. So, I mean, this is going to be interesting because I know so much about both of you because we mm-hmm. just spent the year together. And I want to make sure that we set the stage in the context for people listening who haven't met you. So let's take a little bit of time and Bria, we'll start with you. Can you tell us about the work that you're doing in the world and a little bit about how it came to be or how you got there? Mm, sure. So I'm the founder of an agency, primarily a marketing agency, and we're a fully flexible marketing agency. So um, everyone that works for me is some sort of combination of flexible or part-time. And I created this business. I say I created it under duress because I was laid off from a startup I was working at when I was seven months pregnant with my first son. And although I agreed with the business decision because we had no path to profitability, it was really unfortunate for me personally. And so I was interviewing in my third trimester with my first kid and completely freaked out and faced a bunch of pregnancy discrimination at that time and decided at that moment that I was going to take control of my career. And I was very fortunate to be able to start consulting at that time. It was really all I could do um, because someone would hire me. And so I consulted for a few years in enterprises and started kind of doing this like flexible thing on my own, flexible freelancing. And I was fascinated by how fun it was and how much I could be helpful and how good the rates were. And like the lifestyle was amazing. And I felt really compelled to share this business model, like what I had learned about it. And so I really, there was like this day, Sarah, where I was sitting with my son. He was napping on me, which, you know, is like such an indulgence to sit with your kid in this nap. And so he was just sleeping on me. And it was like this beautiful day. I lived kind of in the forest outside of Seattle. And it was just gorgeous. And I was just feeling this like amazing sense of gratitude this day. And like for this life I had built out of like complete despair and fear and like built this kind of like courageous lifestyle. And I felt really called to like help others and bring them kind of the opportunity that I had. And so I decided that I was going to start this business. And the month that I started it, I got knocked up with my second kid. (laughs) And so I often like carbon date our business in the age of my second son. And so two days ago, my second son turned one year old. And so that's how old my business is, is one year plus nine months. And <laughs> so we now have, I will end this year with 50 people working for me. And we've been able to give more than $2 million to people in economic opportunity, mostly women, mostly working mothers. And I'm really passionate about people having courage in their work and feeling like they can ask for the kinds of life that they need and not feel like it's an accommodation. But we think of that as a strategic advantage. Keeping the right people in the workforce and giving employers access to them is the most inclusive kind of hiring that people can do. So I'm on a very clear mission to bring that to the world. And so our company is called Lions and Tigers, and it is going really well. And it's been awesome to build a baby and to build a business at the same time and to do it alongside you, Sarah, in this community. Oh my God, this is amazing. I didn't actually realize that your business was only one year, nine months. Mm -hmm. To me, from the outside, it's always felt like it's been so much longer. Yeah. I mean, my individual consulting practice was prior to this, but I really didn't start in earnest. I mean, I think I hired my first person just in quarter two of 2018. So yeah, it's been a pretty fast ride. Wow. And What was the pace of change in terms of hiring people? Like, did you hire people right away from day one? And how did you have the resources to do that? 
I did. I bootstrapped this myself. I've never taken on funding. I use our sort of client dollars as funding for the startup, essentially. So instead of taking on investment, I take on POs with enterprises and I use that money to fund the next set of initiatives. So I've been able to stay ahead of that. And so, yes, I started by hiring my best friend who was running a treasury department at a large insurance firm. And I said, hey, you want to come run my payroll? (laughs) And she wanted to work 25 hours and she couldn't find it. She couldn't like her employer wouldn't allow her to go to part time. And I was like, I would be so lucky to have you. And so I hired and I started hiring like I hired an infrastructure person first. And then I started hiring a couple of consultants to backfill my work on some of the projects I had already sold. And so I that's how I sort of I started and I was doing this because I knew I was having a baby and I needed to prepare to scale the business and turn it into a revenue stream that would pay for a maternity leave when I went off with my second kid. So I really just sort of started giving these jobs to people that I had already sold and won that work. And then And I remember it was like right after Scout was born that we started selling work that was beyond me. So we started selling projects that didn't involve me. And that was like a really beautiful moment. And now we've got tons of projects that I'm not involved with and that I love. (laughs) So now the team has preceded me and outpaced me by far. So this is, I think this is so fascinating because I think that people listening are like, the idea that you can be intentional about the business that you're starting and then say, no, I deliberately want to hire people and make jobs for people that are flexible, that are 20 hours a week. And I want to have a whole stable of people to participate in, in this business. Like, can you talk more about that vision and how it came to you? Like, was it because you got pregnant? Was that the impetus? You know, I didn't know it, but certainly motherhood changed everything about my I mean, I thought I was going to be a corporate executive. Like, I mean, I was sort of on that path and entrepreneurship hit me. And I definitely felt called to that. I had been working in agencies for a while and I realized I had been making, especially men, white men, really rich. And (laughs) that was really hard for me. Like, honestly, it just, it was like not the community I wanted to serve. And after I had my first kid, I started this Facebook group. And it was like just a few of my friends. And then it grew to over 500 people just really organically. And it's just a group of like, hey, what diapers do you use? And, you know, what time does your kid go to bed? And what I realized in that community, in that Facebook community, where we only loosely knew each other, was that there was this intrinsic motivation that mothers have that I found nowhere else, where we are built to help each other. And so it was this sharing economy. I was like, why can't we do that at work? And why does work have to be so hard? It just seemed like a totally obvious conclusion to me that we could offer this kind of community access to work so that it wasn't an all or nothing game. So it just, it was like this moment of clarity that I had that I just felt like the most obvious answer in the world. And so that really, it was honestly that Facebook community and the experience I went through that brought me to this place of like, I have to help this group of people specifically. Yes. Yes. There's so many times when I am like in the middle of prepping a big class or a big presentation and I'll text a friend and I'm like, mm, I don't remember the word. Like, what's the word? Is it levels? Is it membership? Is it tears? Can't, and she'll like text me back and like networking our brains in this way and being able to support each other is something that it's not a dominant narrative in the culture of motherhood. Like in the culture that we have around motherhood, there's mommy shaming and like good mom, bad mom. And there's like, everyone's out to get each other. But like in the reality, especially when you join these communities, it's been so interesting to watch. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, and it's part of what drew me to Wise Women's Council too, is like, I just, the phrasing that you use around being in the community of women was the calling that I was looking for in both my work life, in my where I wanted to spend my time and the mission, like for me, for 2019, that was the, the year of woman for me. And like, and especially the year of the mother. And it was, you know, of course, driven by the fact that I was going through it myself. So yeah, I, I'm so interested by the fact that we often feel so alone, you know, especially if like if you're freelancing or you're, you're fearful to leave your job and like, is there going to be opportunity for me? And I probably wouldn't have left my job if I wasn't laid off, you know, if the choice wasn't mine, I probably would have stayed in that environment. But because the choice was beyond my control, you know, it certainly colored a future that I would have never written for myself. I would have never had the courage or the fearlessness to go after this on my own, but I had to. And now I feel like I want other people to know that they can do it on their own accord. And with the community of people supporting them and cheering them on, like this is a sharing community. Why not? That's right. You have work to go around. That's right. Oh, I love that so much. Tara, I want to 
come over to you and get some of the background, like, because you have such a different story of your work history and your career. Can you talk about, tell us about the last year and the work you do, and then what got you there? What led you to this work? Why well, I, I actually am back to work I was doing, sort of, before I had my last three daughters. I had one daughter when I was doing it before and had three and took a break. But, you know, I was thinking about like, how I even ended up back at work. And really, I started listening to, you know, when your kids are getting a little bit older and you're like, okay, I do have some breathing room in my day. You know, you can go to lots of yoga classes and have lots of coffees. But for me, I really felt like, like, what else? Like, I know that I have a lot more to give to the world. What should I do next? And I've given up my, I took about eight and a half years off and I had kind of given up my identity. And so I was searching podcasts. <laughs> what I found was I was loving listening to female leadership podcasts, females in entrepreneurial roles, women and mothers building businesses. And that's how I came across your podcast, Sarah. And it was really through that, that my husband kept saying, like, we'd download after work. And I would say, tell me everything because I used to do what he does. We run a wealth management firm in Colorado. And I used to have a book of clients and he had a book of clients. When I had my kiddos, I basically shifted most of my clients to him and I left. So he kept saying, like, you should come back. You should come back. You could do this. You could do that. And I was like, hold on. We like, I have a lot going on at home. But as I started, you know, hearing that other mothers were doing this, it gave me the courage to say, you know what? I do love that. And I do miss that. And what would it look like? And really I got inspiration from your podcasts and your interviews and others that helped me decide to make the leap. Mm. What I didn't do was put anything down before I picked that up, which is, I think, what a lot of moms do, is we just take on one more thing. So that was where the struggle began. I'm not sure I'm really answering your question. <laughs> but I, I like, this, this is so, I mean, this is so true to so many people's experience, right? Like, yeah, you enter, and this is what I've seen in so many of the interviews, you enter into the world of parenting, wherever it is, mm -hmm. whatever it is, and it shifts your career for one reason or right. another. Maybe it's your right. choice. Maybe it's not your choice. Like people get mm -hmm. fired, pregnancy discrimination. You choose yeah. to take six months off or you take two years or you're conscious and you're like, listen, I want to be home with my kids till they're five. Mm -hmm. And then we know how this goes, right? It doesn't go according to plan. Like it takes longer than we think to get pregnant. We deal with infertility. We have miscarriages. We decide to have more children. We get divorced. Whatever it is that happens in our story as it unfolds, then we arrive, I feel like, at a point where we kind of look around and we're like, wait a second, where am I? What do I want next? Like, let me add a little bit of intentionality to this. And your story has been so admirable and so interesting from the outside. It's a real privilege to watch you navigate. You're like, I'm the mom of four girls. Like I've been in a full-time career. I've also been a full-time at-home mom. And now I am trying to figure out what does it look like to re-enter a career I used to have with four daughters. Right. right. Yeah. So when did you take the first step and say, and now I'm going to start working? And how much work did you take on when you started? So my youngest just turned four and I started almost, it's almost been a year. So when she was just three, I came back to work and I took on three days a week and I, I had enough childcare that I didn't have to get more childcare, which is why I felt like I had room to go back to work. I didn't have to change anything for the kids really. Oh, well, that's what I thought. And right? I thought, yeah, oh, the yeah, kid, nothing right. will change for the kids if I go back <laughs> while I'm doing other things. And it was too much. It was definitely too much because all the things I was doing that I didn't really put value on during the day while I didn't have kids, while I wasn't at work, still had to get done. And so that was the part that I was talking about that I didn't set anything down to pick this up. And I'll never forget one of my girlfriends said, I just want you to be kind to yourself while you do this. Just be kind to yourself. And I keep telling myself that. And everyone that I talk to that's going back to work, I say those same words, whatever that means. Sometimes it means pushing snooze all the way through my exercise class. Mm -hmm. Sometimes it means, you know, two Starbucks in one day. Whatever it means to be kind to yourself. <laughs> Netflix, you know, bad TV, <laughs> whatever it is. Just to be kind to yourself as you're figuring all this out. And what, I mean, not just work, but motherhood, all of it. 
but I did scale back already in the first year to two days a week. Now that doesn't mean I'm not doing stuff on my laptop in the evening or early in the morning before everyone's awake. But I was really actually very proud of myself to say, you know what, this is too much. Yeah. And I'm, I'm not a person that's good at, at saying, you know what, I took on too much. I'll just, I just figured out I'm the, one of my good friends calls me the make it work girl. So I decided to stop just trying to make it work. And I'm down to two days a week and my impact at the office and my impact at home is so much better. Mm. And I think a lot of that is through the Wise Women's Council, having space and time to listen to really what's going on with me through the questions we answer in our Slack channels and through our co-working calls and hearing how other people are doing it really has been helpful in learning to listen to myself. Yes. Um, so it's yeah. hard to find that time because it already feels like there's not enough time for parenting and there's not enough time for working. So how do you find mm-hmm. also time for just like taking a breath and listening to yourself? Right. Yeah. yeah. I want to ask both of you this question and Tara, I'll start with you. What tipped you into wanting to join the Wise Women's Council? Like when was the moment that you're like, "Ooh, this could be for me? Hmm. I think when I'd gotten through all your podcasts and I was caught up, honestly. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I mean, I was like, oh no, I don't get one till next week. And she might take a break at some point. Like, <laughs> how do I, you know, I just <laughs> maybe a little starstruck by Sarah herself. No, I have been in communities of women before as a working mom that was just career changing. And so jumping back in, it was natural for me, I think, to think, oh, I definitely want and need that again. This is a very different platform than I had done before, but I really appreciate the diversity of the women across the country, across all different industries, all different you know, amounts of work, types of work, amounts of kids, ages of kids. I mean, I'm just blown away listening to Bria talk about her business now that I've been hearing about for a year still. I'm like, oh my gosh, that's amazing work that she's doing. And it makes, it gives me courage. Like I said, I think that's, I needed some courage Mm -hmm. to jump back into work. And I knew that a community of women would help me have that. I always like, I'm so curious to why people join, like what the pivotal point was. And then also trying to strike the right balance. And let me know if this is true for either of you, but trying to strike the right balance, because sometimes when I have promoted this and I've shared like how amazing the women are in this community, people are like, oh, that's not me because we don't self-identify as these like amazing women that we see. And then other times I've seen people and they're just like, I need a community. I know I need a community. Let's go. And it's so Mm -hmm. interesting to watch And I'd love to hear you all speak to this about what was it like to, and Bria, I'm going to come to you next. What was it like to want to join? And then after that, like, what was it like to join? Was there a difference in your expectations? So that was a lot of questions, Bria. Let's start with, why did you join? What was the impetus for you? Yeah, I mean, I mentioned that your your call to be in community with women, like that felt like you were speaking exactly to the question I was asking, like, where should I be spending my time? And then, of course, yes, I have a little Sarah fangirl thing happening, too. (laughs) I will admit. Honestly, it's because people aren't having these discussions enough. People are not talking about the intersection of work and parenting enough. And so there was a few things for me. One, I wanted to be a part of that discussion, you know, in whatever form that took. Two, I almost felt obligated to give back to you and this community. Like, this felt like just a part of the way that we all should be working together more formally. So that felt like my turn. and then. You know, and I've been looking for other like, you know, executive organizations or local women's groups. And there's a few of those that I do as well. But sometimes you want people who are just like you. And sometimes you want people that are not at all like you. And this group is a swath of women that I would never have come in contact with. I mean, we have an actress. We have a woman who wants a cat business. We have, you know, me who's like, you know, just starting a baby startup. You know, like we've got like all sorts of people who are just in such different places that I, I knew that I would be able to draw from and draw inspiration from in this really unique modality. Mm-hmm. So that for me, like would summarize, like, and I had no idea what to expect. Honestly, it's very hard to explain this thing, Sarah. I, 
you for trying to write a web page about what this thing is. And I think honestly, we were like a month in Sarah and I sent you a ping and I was like, you have undercharged for this experience. I remember that. (laughs) I don't, it's very hard to describe an experience. You can describe a product, but this is an experience that it's difficult to explain. And it's given me far more than I I could quantify, you know, truly. I mean, this is the question, right? Like, how do we describe and like, dear marketing expert, Bria, like, (laughs) my name is Sarah, I have a business, and I need to tell people about it. But really, like, was it anything like what you expected? Or what was it like? I'd love both of you to answer this question. Like, what is it like to be in this community? Someone, people who are listening to this podcast are like, they've listened to the last 130 something episodes, and they're considering, right? So what is it? I think it is a little bit of the podcast live. Like it is a little bit of getting into the room with Sarah and all the people that listen to Sarah and and being able to be in dialogue, like a reflection of that topic. So that that is a cool opportunity to kind of get, it's like a backstage pass to you. And no, it wasn't what I expected because I didn't know what to expect. <laughs> I'm like, what is Slack? What is community? What does this mean? And so what I would say in it is these kind of like, prompts this it's it's a giving community it's a give and an ask like someone will come in with a question and then they're surrounded and supported and given lots of and you're very careful to say like don't give advice like ask questions and help them come to conclusion which you know you set sort of these community rules and standards that keeps it very safe and i've never seen one moment of judgment or one moment of concern which you see in other communities so it's a very protected group and the evolution that you can have in in nine months or a year is pretty remarkable so the pacing has been interesting too. Like Mm. people are sharing at the pace at which they're changing. So I don't know, it's just, it's kind of a little, it's a little voyeuristic. It's a little peek into how people are actually living their lives. I mean, there's a channel on intimacy. So (laughs) that's right. We talked about, (laughs) we talked about like underwear and bras and boobs and like sex with our partners or not sex with our partners. Like there's like, where else am I going to ask those questions? Literally, like, are you going to go up to somebody at work and be like, hey, like, what kind of underwear do you buy? Like that might, no. (laughs) No. (laughs) Now I haven't hired an HR professional yet, so I might be okay, but... But your internal client is going to be like, nope, you should ask someone else. We've had such fascinating conversations because there's something about like, you're in Washington, Tara's in Colorado, like someone else is in France. Like we're all over the world. So we're not in our local communities and we're not necessarily in the same work. Although some of us overlap, right? But we're able to have this space where we say, okay, like, you know, closets open. Let's talk about all the things. I actually, like, I need to figure out, and some of the conversations we've been able to have from, you know, how do we deal with death and grief and dying and family boundaries to how do we decide how many children we want to have in our family? Or I think what was really remarkable for me was the number of instances of like pregnancy possibility, pregnancy loss, like miscarriage, like how normalized that became because we were able to show up and say like, hey, I just got a positive pregnancy test, wasn't expecting it. Or hey, the thing that has been happening hasn't been happening anymore. And it's to me just stunning that there's this whole undercurrent of what's happening in our lives that never gets vocalized in our quote, real world. Yeah, it's a workplace. It's the water cooler that you don't have. You know, it, it's the place where we can we can support each other. And like as I, at work, I talk about my kids' birthdays, but I don't talk about the loss of my grandma, which I did here, you know, which I thought and look for how other people had gone through grief and explain that to their kids. Like, I can't talk about that at work. I don't know. Maybe, maybe I could in a smaller room, but here it's just a different environment. Yeah. And it's like, to me, I'm starting to see that work has taken over so much of our lives, right? Like it's not just 40 hours, it's like 60, 70, 80 hours for so many people. And then that, the consequence is that it ekes out our community space, our space to connect more deeply with other people in a non-commercialized, corporate, capitalist way. And we all suffer from that. So Tara, I'm going to come over to you because we've been, we've been riffing on this for a while, but when you joined, was it what you expected and how would you describe it? What's it like? I was actually just going to say what you started to say was that it's time on your calendar to, you know, it's a meeting, but what it really is, is a space to, you know, water coolers, a great analogy, Bria, that we talk about anything. You never know where it's going to go. You know, we have Sarah as our guide and inevitably you get exactly what you need out of each call, each 
co-working space. And had I not, a lot of times, had I not had that meeting on my calendar, I didn't even know what it was I was looking for that day or why I was feeling off or, you know, what was missing in my self-care for the week or whatever would somehow show up in our scheduled time together and or in Slack. I had to put that on my calendar too, or I wouldn't have found a way to get there. But yeah, just knowing that at the end of the day, you have another place to ask a question or share a comment or say, hey, anybody else dealing with this or guess what happened today or here's my big win or I had date night for the first time in four months or whatever and hear just what people reflect back is always amazingly meeting me where I need to be met in a way that doesn't happen at work and doesn't really happen in dropping kids off at school or, you know, yoga or whatever. Yeah. Or it's hard to, it's hard to find. Like, how do you connect with the other mom who's doing pickup and you don't know who has like a dentist appointment or a doctor or whatever to go to? And then right, like, right. you just blurt something out about yourself and hope that they're kind. Right. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yes. That's sort of, sort of my strategy. Yeah. No, but I know. it's true. Like you don't know who has time yeah. to connect or not. So that time to connect is pretty impactful when it's on your calendar and you're meeting with other like-minded women to do that. I want to touch on something here that I think is so important and it's hard to explain because I think one of the biggest, for me, the biggest fears about communities and also programs in general is that I'll join and then it'll be super busy. Like it's so many things and then I just don't end up doing it and then I feel bad about myself. And the way that we've set it up is that there's two calls a month, you know, the first week and the third week and that's it. And I hope this was communicated well, but you don't have to make them all, right? Like Mm -hmm. you make as many as you can, aim for like a 60% attendance, right? An F in school is an A in my book, right? (laughs) Like like, come to most of them, but if you have like a wild meeting or I remember Bria, the month you were going after like two and a half million dollars in contracts, you're like, gals, I'm going to be up till 2 a.m. every night this week, probably won't make it, right? And then Slack also, if you have Slack in your workspace, sometimes like you can feel like you're drowned in messaging. And we really try to take a slow and steady pace, turtle mode here, which is like show up once a week, put it on your calendar, 20 minutes on Friday, come pop in and say hello. But it's not like a battering of more things that you have to do. At least that was the goal in designing this place. What were your experiences? I would say the lack of judgment around participation or lack thereof was amazing. And it made me want to participate more knowing that it was okay if I didn't get to it. I didn't want to miss anything that was happening. But if, you know, life was happening, that was okay too. And, you know, there were channels in Slack that were more or less interesting to different people. And there were books that we read that were more or less interesting to different people. And that's part of the fun is some of the things we read, I would have never picked up on my own. And I wouldn't have gone as deep into the work without the questions that you posed. So it was just the right amount because we were given permission to make it just right for us, I think. I think that's so hard for women. We've been like so cultured to be like grade A students. I remember one time I put it on the wrong time zone on my calendar. So I missed the call. And I was like, I got on at one and it was really at 11. And I was like, no, this already (laughs) happened without me. Oh, I'm so So, like, ah. Uh, Brio, anything come to mind for you? Yeah, I think the pace was perfect because as you mentioned, I got a lot going on in the day. So I would be like (laughs) client meeting to client meeting. I'd like, sometimes I would take these calls in the pumping room, like at my client's office and I would just jump on and I'm like, hour, but then I would get there and Sarah, I mean, there's something about like your nest that comes through too, that I would just take a breath. And then I would like, this was like, it was the unmeeting on my day. And then I would go from that and go to a bunch of other meetings. And it was just like, it was just such a treat to come to these things. So it definitely never felt like a burden. And you're right, the Slack thing, like I could bop in and out of it whenever I wanted. I always thought of it like hunger. Like sometimes I wanted a little snack and sometimes I was really hungry. Yes. Time for a big meal. And so like, I just kind of gave myself that permission and dove in whenever I felt like I had the time. And I really never felt guilty about not making it through, you know, like everyone yeah. was like, yeah, back. everyone was like, Hey, missed you. You know, it was <laughs> great. Right. That's right. We were like, but how was the contract? (laughs) And you're like, round three. (laughs) It was so long. I know you guys watched that whole process. And then when I won, like everyone was just cheering. And I felt that. I mean, I felt the cheers, literally. I was like, I need to go back into Slack and tell everyone that we won. 
I know, but we were like, well, Bria probably got four hours of sleep. She probably slept in her shed. So I did. <laughs> I mostly did. Yeah. Wait, for context, people who are listening have no idea what that means. So please explain. Oh, yes. I have a she shed. <laughs> so as I mentioned, I live a little bit out in the country. And when I had my second kid, I had to give up my office to the bedroom for him. And so we built this little shed on my property. And by the way, that's a tax write-off. So <laughs> that was the main motivation. But my office is out in this shed. So I would be out here way late in the night with like snacks and, you know, no showers. And, you know, it was a bit of a mess. I got a Keurig in here. So I would just hit that thing all night long. <laughs> Okay, that's really awesome. We got people as a result of winning that RP. So like it was well worth it. Oh, so worth it. So I think the last question I want to ask you both is like, think of a moment when you were maybe at the lowest in your journey in parenting, your journey in returning to or changing up the work that you're doing. If you had advice for somebody that's going through this, right? Like think of yourself three years ago, six years ago, what would you tell the person listening who is feeling the way that you felt? Like what advice or what counsel or what suggestions or even just like words of encouragement would you share with that version of yourself and that version of a woman who is listening, who thinks that motherhood is the hardest thing they've ever done, doesn't know whether or not they're going to get themselves back into any sort of working shape, maybe just lost their job or has to start a new company, feels like they don't know whether or not the work they're doing is going to add up to something. What do you got for them? Bria, you're nodding. So I'm going to start with you. I would say, I mean, having gone through this, (laughs) I would say to go straight to your values. What are the foundational rocks that you care the very most about and really take stock of that? Because there are so many things that you can't control in your life, whether people pick you, whether they pay you, whether they define your value. And if you let that be your compass, you will constantly be disappointed or you, you know, you are using the wrong measuring stick. So for me, you know, I I went back to like, what are the things that I know I am, what are my gifts and what do I know I hold value around? And then what can I, you know, where can I find value in the market for the things that I best at? And my home values too. Like, you know, for us, like fidelity is really important or and stewardship is really important in my family. So we really spent time there. And so once you really evaluate and think about those values, then I think kind of the next step or the advice I would give is to, I, I sort of envision, you have a student's visualization exercise with Sarah, but I kind of envision this row of people with one knee down and one knee up and you sort of walking across them. And so thinking about who would be the people whose knees you would walk across to get to the finish line, I think that it's like kind of assembling your army. So when I feel low, there are people I call to remind me of my values and what the next step can be so that you don't isolate yourself because mm-hmm. it can be a very lonely, lost experience if you if you choose it. So for me, those are the two tactics I would, I used to get out of the situation. Yes. Oh, so much of this. Don't isolate yourself too. what you said at the end. It can be so extremely isolating and it can feel so hard, but like being connected to other people, however that looks, right? Whether it's like for a while I paid $4 in coffee because I just needed someone to say hi to me, you know? (laughs) Totally. Totally. Tara, what about you? I would say... First, to recognize that whatever you're doing right now, it's enough, period. Number one, as mothers, we are raising the next generation of humans on this planet. And that is a life's work in and of itself. That is so impactful to so many that we could possibly not even put our arms around what that means. And I know as a person who never intended to be a stay-at-home mom, but sort of woke up, found herself there, I was like, whoa, like this is a big job and it's a great job and it's an important job. So that's enough. And what Bria said is finding that army of people that are going to put their arms around you and or put their hand out to help you up or, you know, give you that kick in the ass that you need to keep going is so key. And I'm pretty introverted. So that sometimes is the hardest part. It's easier to just handle it all myself and do it. I know a lot of people look at it that same way, but even just, you know, the barista saying hello, 
makes you remember that importance of human connection. I remember saying to my Royce, my husband, that I, you know, I read on Facebook and he's, you know, like this Facebook thing, you're saying it a lot. (laughs) And I'm like, well, it's my only adult conversation during the day when I'm home with these little kids. So whatever it looks like to connect with other adults and women, so important. Yes. Oh, it's so true. I remember I was postpartum with the second and I was posting on Instagram and I had a bunch of people tell me, they're like, get off Instagram. You should be enjoying your baby. And I was like, I am enjoying my baby and I need to talk to other humans, right? Like like need and (laughs) leaving the house is way too challenging. Mm -mm. So I'm going to be talking to these people. (laughs) It's so true. But finding, finding people to talk to and putting yourself out there by joining new groups, which can be really hard. Also, I'll just add one thing that came to mind for me. For me, there's always these like offers for help that we deflect. You know, people are like, oh, can I do anything? You're like, no, no, I'm good. Or, oh, we'd love to bring you dinner. Oh, that'd be great. And nothing ever comes of it. I have asked myself to take those seriously over the years that I have now had two kids. And I just like wager that either they'll do it and it'll be wonderful or they should learn to speak more honestly if they didn't really want to do it. (laughs) If they're like, oh, we want to bring you dinner. And I'm like, great. How's Friday? And they're like, oh, this sucks. Like, (laughs) and they won't offer it next time. Right. It's a learning experience. But the beautiful thing that's happened every time I've said yes, even though I feel slightly awkward because it makes you vulnerable, right? It's like, oh, now I have to like accept help from someone else. What does that mean about my identity and who I am? What's happened is I've actually become closer friends with each of these people because we let them in a little bit. And and it's been really hard, but such a good practice to be like, you know what? I'm going to ask for help. I'm also going to allow myself to receive the help that's offered. So yeah, ladies, thank you. Thank you for taking the time today for sharing your business stories, your parenting stories, your experience being in community this year. I'm like, I'm like reminiscing because we just closed the group for the year and I'm like, but I don't want it to end. Like, but don't say goodbye. But thank you so much for taking the time. Happy to. Another excuse to be together. I know, right? It's like, <laughs> but it's not over. Let's record a podcast. Yes. Okay. One more time. Okay, One no. more time. That was it. So where can people listening find out about the work that you do? Do you have a website, Tara? I actually don't know. You know what? I don't have a website for my work in the financial world, but I'm on Instagram, just Tara E. Zimmerman and Facebook. You can find me there. And, you know, occasionally you'll see some of my work up there. (laughs) Oh, that's amazing. And Bria, where can people find out about your lions and tigers? Yeah, the website is just launching, lions-tigers.com. And we have new social properties going up this week. So (laughs) check in there. We intend to have a lot of discussions to kind of echo your work, Sarah. Yeah. You know, and work and how we're thriving sometimes and surviving other times. So there's a lot that we intend to add to this conversation going forward. And what about your personal Instagram and thought leadership stuff? Yeah, LinkedIn's probably the best way to grab me. I'm Bria, B-R-E-A, Starmer. And you can just find me at LinkedIn backslash Bria Starmer. I will put those all in the show notes for everyone. And just have a wonderful day, y'all. Like make the most of it. I told you before we even got on this podcast, I told you that the cement mixer is blaring outside. There's a jackhammer down the street. The water is <laughs> running in our bathtub. Like just make the best with what you can, with what you have. Absolutely. Thanks, Sarah. We will. Thanks, Sarah. Bye, Bria. And that's it. That is a wrap, everyone. Thank you so much to each of these women for joining us on today's episode. They have given you a sneak peek inside the Wise Women's Council and the types of conversations that we have as parents and entrepreneurs navigating this messy world of work and parenting. If you are interested in finding out more about the Wise Women's Council for next year, please go to startuppregnant.com slash WWC. That stands for Wise Women's Council. We'll have the link in the show notes and you can also find it in the main menu on our website. The Wise Women's Council next year will have three different tiers. So you can access the community at three different in three different ways. 
The first way you can join the community for the social space and for the monthly calls. The second way you can join a small group coaching program to go deeper with a group of six to eight women. And the third way you can work one-on-one directly with me and we will have one-on-one private calls to really unpack and unlock big moves in your life or in your business. So check it out. There's three different access points next year. We haven't ever offered it this way before. So we're really thrilled to see what y'all think. Go check out startuppregnant.com slash WWC for the Wise Women's Council and do apply by January 20th for early bird pricing. The prices will go up if your application is not in by the 20th. I hope to see many, many of you applying and here is to an amazing 2020. Hey everyone, just a heads up and a reminder, if you want to listen to our long form Ask Me Anything sessions, they are 30, 45, and sometimes 60 minutes in length, and they we go deep into questions that people have. If you want me to look at your business, you want me to comment on your marketing plan, or you have a question about parenting, pregnancy, or anything in between, we are taking listener questions and I answer them in a monthly Ask Me Anything fireside chat. It's available only to our Patreon supporters. So if you back us at the $7 a month level, you get access to this private podcast. You can get access to all of the past episodes, which is pretty cool. So if you're missing the podcast while we're on our hiatus and you want to take a listen in to these Ask Me Anything episodes, go over to Patreon and become a monthly backer at the $7 per month level and you'll get access to all of the future episodes, as well as all of the past episodes. Keep in mind that you are also supporting the work of Startup Pregnant and our growth in these early days, and that matters a ton. Every dollar helps and counts, and we appreciate so much and are grateful for your support. Patreon.com slash Startup Pregnant will take you right there. That's P-A-T-R-E-O-N. Did I spell that right? Patreon, P-A-T-R-E-O-N. Yes, patreon.com slash startup pregnant will take you there. The link will be right here in the show notes. You can go straight there. $7 a month and you get access to this entirely exclusive Patreon only podcast. Thanks so much, everyone, for listening. And, you know, I always say this and I mean it. Leave us a review on iTunes if you like our show. It takes a few seconds and it really does help us a lot. If you want more of what we're talking about, go over to startuppregnant.com and get on our email list. We send out a weekly newsletter with time-saving tips for parents and entrepreneurs. And I always include a weekly gadget or tool or something awesome that we've stumbled upon to help make your life just a little bit easier. And as always, you can reach out to us at hello at startuppregnant.com. We love hearing from you.